All right, welcome everyone to Over and Back. I am joined with a special guest, uh, Oregon high school high school coach, head coach, Chris Siebert. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Thanks for this having is, me. This is the first time that Chris and I actually met over uh well, we met over Twitter. Well, we <laughs> met over we met over a beef that I'm uh excited mm. to set, that I'm excited we'll, to settle tonight. It's not even yeah. a beef. It's not. <laughs> um, all right. So we met over Twitter when I asked for coaches. You were the first one that chimed in. Uh, we're going to take a quick tangent, though, because something just happened in the sports world that I think is notable and that we both, apparently we both, I love this kid. I know you love him, too, from what I was just told. Uh, Con Knipple just committed to Duke. No way. Did he actually? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. Oh, no way. Yeah, That's what I thought maybe you'd know, because I, I figured you'd be on social media of some sort. Uh, no, I missed it. Uh, no, it's funny. Um I talked about our beef. Um, I actually started listening to your podcast originally because you tweeted years ago about Max Wiseroad winning the WSN Best Point yeah. Guard Award. Yeah. Undeserved, you thought undeserved. It's completely said, undeserved. So I was like, man, I hate this guy. So I'm going to listen to his podcast. Is that first really how you start? You actually hated me? Yeah. yeah. So first podcast I listened to. You start talking about how efficient Con Knipple is and how he makes the right play and how he makes the right decision. I'm like, I love this guy. Like he's talking about the right things. He's looking at basketball and and uh no Con, I you know, I think very high. I mean, obviously, you know, he's as good as anybody that we've had in the state of Wisconsin. We're yeah. we're lucky to watch him play. He cares about all the right things. He's He's everything that you want the best player in the state to be about. Um, can't wait to watch what he does this senior year. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to see that Wisco and Pewaukee are in opposite sectionals as well, which I know that you care about as well. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about sectionals at some point. Um, yeah. So I was, I was hoping to get a little bit, I was trying to get Khan on the unintentional to announce it here live. If he would, it's not a con thing to do. You know what I mean? No way. Yeah. And I've, I've known Khan since he was like seven or eight. I've known the family for a while. I'm friends with obviously his uncle Jeff. And um, I was talking to Khan's mom, Sherry, and I'm just like, the most con thing to do would be because he he has he's never posted anything on social media. No posts on Instagram, no posts on Twitter. The most con thing would be to post it there and just leave it. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Like first ever that. tweet, first ever post was that. Um. So it's it's just, it is it's Khan doesn't give a crap about that stuff. No, he doesn't. Well, he does care a lot about closed gyms league uh, championships. Um, been playing in that league for about 10 years. It's like the. Oh, you do play in that? Like the love of my life. It's what keeps me young. I didn't know you played that. Uh, Tan, we've had high school kids play over the years, you know, fizzling and out, all sorts of them. None of them really, you know, old man strength and experience wins out. But Khan, too, has been the best player in that league since he's been. 15 that's crazy and, uh, it's crazy actually i'm on con dad's team for the first time ever this session uh which has okay. been like which has been really good time we and we got to play con two's team last night and he was not there so i knew something you know you know it's a big week well i know he had um he had tweaked his ankle and yep. i think what was it last week or two weeks ago he had tweaked it so i don't know if that's why he didn't play because when he went on these visits to um, he played in the, he played in his Alabama visit and then he didn't play at the Virginia one or the Duke one because of his ankle, I guess it yeah. wasn't bad, but, um, well, I, I suppose it's hard to turn down Duke, you know, I mean, 
All right. Start, so just, as, we're, the NBA. as we're talking, I was listening. I was trying to find the tweet that I made about Wise Broad. I found it. You did you? Yeah. I love this. Um, so the Is tweet was. Reason? Yeah. So Miller, Miller and Nelson, I tweeted, congrats to Wisebrod, who is an incredible player, but this makes absolutely zero sense. <laughs> is there a response from, are you able to see the responses on there? Yeah, just that one's from Wisconsin Swing. Wisconsin Swing's main account. What's it say that he won the Holy Cross championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're arguing two different things. For, okay, like, let's, let's, yeah. rewind. let's we'll get to Wisebrod here. Let's rewind. Oh, yeah. Let's start with, since you're the guest, we have to start with you. Um, and I don't know. This is what I love about this. Someone was asking me, maybe it was one of my kids I was talking about. So like the when I talked to Kinzinger last week, I know all the answers for the most part when I asked Johnny stuff. And some stuff I didn't. And with you, I'm like, I don't even want to do a lot of research because I don't know. If I know stuff, I'll tune out because I'm like, oh, I, I know this. I'm waiting for the next question. And I don't know. how. I know very, very little about you. Uh, Kellett's told me a few things, but I've probably forgotten half of them. So... I don't know any of this stuff, so I'll just, it'll flow with a normal conversation of questions. So start with your, just start with your background, like playing, you know, high school, whatever, to college, and then obviously how you got to where you are now. Uh, yeah. Uh, very average player that loved, that loved the game. Um, you know, I like to, I like to say that I played in a way that people thought I would maybe be a coach one day. And I interacted with people in that way. Um, I was fortunate enough as a player to have every single role that a team could have. I was the best player on the team. I was the, I was the young kid trying to earn minutes. I was the kid trying to fight his way into a starting lineup. I was the worst player on a team that was just lucky to be there. And I'm thankful for every single one of those experiences. I guess starting in high school, um, Baraboo high school, um, really loved my high school experience, loved high school basketball, uh, played for a longtime head coach, longtime high school coach named Tom Steinhorst. He won 200 plus 300, maybe I, he'll be mad at me if I miss say it, but I think it's just over 200 games. Um, but really great coach, really thankful for everything he did. Our class, my class was really talented, best friends for every, everyone we played with, but unfortunately division one. At the time when there was four four divisions, we lost to Madison Memorial three out of the four years. Um, our senior year lost them in a sectional game by, you know, twenty whatever, and uh, they went on to win the state championship game. Um, actually, my favorite moment of that game was like we're down. You know, they come out sectional game. You know exactly when the game's going to start. This is a Madison Memorial team that has like Jerron Mayman. Vander Blue. I was going to say, so what, what year is this? Ray Kramer, Xavier Jones, 2009. Okay. So they're, they're, you know, five division one guys, two to three division three guys, college football guys. Um, Just an awesome team and a sectional game. You know exactly when everything's going to start, you know, everything and warm up start. And they, they didn't even take the floor, which was like one of the, like the most like, they, you know, they come out five minutes late, you know, 10 minutes late. And it's like almost getting in your head. You got a packed gym, a sectional gym, and yeah. there's no, and you're the only team out there just doing layup lines by yourself. Right. I'm out. They go up 14 to nothing. And then we go to the line, we make one free throw and we make one free throw to make it 14 to one. And uh, their student section just goes insane. 
insane. <laughs> it was one of the one of my favorite moments in a high school gym ever. Uh, their student section just cheering us on for scoring our first point to go oh, down. Game was over, uh, you know, right away when Vanderblue jumped over the guy on our team for a big lob. It was, yeah, that was a good time. But uh, a lot of memories playing basketball with your best friends, good teams. Um, I think our claim to fame of our high school team is we started the year 16-0. and 0. Uh, We were ranked top five in the state of Division One at Baraboo, and our high, school kid, our high school classmates and I say we're the worst team that's ever ranked in the top five of the state Division One. Uh, but uh, we won a lot of close games. We were a tough group of kids that competed and uh, got the most out of ourselves for sure. Uh, college then played at Lawrence. Um, the day I visited Lawrence, they were ranked number one in the country, Division Three, and was blown away by everything that was going on. Um, they had some of the best division three, Ryan Kreger. I saw, I remember watching Ryan Kreger practice was just after the Chris Breyer run, but Ryan Kreger and Doug Caddison, Ben Rosenblatt, Andy Hurley, watching that team practice, thinking like, this is everything I want out of my college experience. And, uh, really thankful for the four years I got there playing under Joel DePoctor and some lifelong friends. Um, we didn't have all the success on the court that we would have loved, but, uh, you know, we have a group chat that you know, has, if you don't check your phone during the day, you're going to have a hundred text messages at the end of the day, every single day, still 10 years later. So uh, those are what you, we really care about is 10, 15 guys that are lifelong friends, no matter what, going to a wedding actually tomorrow night of a, of a college teammate. So that's what okay. it's all about. And thankful that everything Lawrence gave me um, and thankful for everything that I learned about basketball there as well. Cause I wouldn't be the coach that I am without without Lawrence experience. Uh, kind of the I would call myself out of the depactor tree of motion Tharp tree and motion man to man defense. And then uh, from Lawrence took uh, tried to play basketball after, but realized how athletic those guys are. Um, got got a real job. Um, worked a real job for a little bit before turned into a volunteer assistant role, turned the, realized how much I loved coaching. And, you know, five years later, here I am. So how long have you been in Oregon? This is five. So, I, no, I've just finished five. Okay. Just finished five. This will be year six. Stupid question. Oregon, Oregon? Uh, yeah, great question, actually. It's uh, Oregon, village Oregon. of Oregon, uh, right. state of Oregon. So how uh, how close are you guys to Madison? Uh, 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes from the Southern border. First, first Southern suburb of Madison. And you're D2 now, right? D1, actually. You are. You, um, you last been, year too? Oh, you we were, were you? Yeah, we were last year, um, which has been great for us. Um, and it's been great with like, actually kind of the natural progression of our program and kind of what we took over and kind of what has kind of been happening. Um, you know, great kids when we came in, love every team that we've had. Um, but there was a talent build um that kind of went on and two years ago had a really really good team uh best offensive team we've been a part of and had some kids that just really understood how to play together and went to sectional final division two um and then got just destroyed by jack rose's Wistosha team yep. um, and then last year moved up to division one uh which we now are really happy about we have every resource and student available that we need to be division one and compete at division one but just last year um 
I don't know if we were, we weren't necessarily ready as, and I felt bad for that senior class in the sense that I really loved that senior class. They were a really competitive group, but everything like your non-conference schedule. And I know that we were going to talk about that, but are not, you know, everything was built for a division two run. And it was almost like you finish your season and then are not, you know, we were all prepared. We weren't prepared to play for a team like we had to play in the first round. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're reshaping this year. Who'd you guys lose to again? Brookfield East. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Really good team. Uh, we were actually the team that um, we got a four seed um, yeah. in in a really tough sectional when we were honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, we were expecting like the nine or ten. We were hoping for an eight to get a home game. Um, yeah, and East was East was I thought like their best player all year too, which is why they had such a low seed. They were, but our sectional was so good last year. It was so unbelievably good that, uh, honestly, in the back of our mind, we were thinking we were going to play, you know, a Wanakee, a Madison La Follette. So playing Brookfield East, it wasn't like we played a team that was better than we were expecting to play. It was more just like we got grace with this great number four seed, but we still felt that we were playing the best team we faced the entire season. Yeah, okay. I'm just bringing up our note, the notes that I sent you. So, um, I so I will bounce around obviously from the agenda I sent you. I was yeah, no worries. Didn't want to cut you off, but did you ever play with those Lawrence guys at Holy Cross? Because that's uh, like a group. That's like that group of guys, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I did not play with them. Uh, we've played in closed gyms forever. Um, my senior year, they asked me to play. I, I think or something, or there was one year they asked me to play, but I was like, it's, it's always co- conflicts with the spring break week for college kids. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I missed the first time. And then the next year uh, league gave me the chance to be a GM and I couldn't turn that down. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So to get back. Okay. So let's just tackle this wise broad thing real quick, since that's how this whole, yeah. this whole thing started. That was my, that was my fan. That was the uh, birth of my fanhood and the unintentional. So wise broad wins. Do you really think wise broad was the best point guard in the state of Wisconsin in 2022? I mean, I got to look it up better. I who mean, was, who, who was Mr. Basketball in 2022? Was it, did Pav win it? No. Rody win it? No. Who won it? Mellow Trimble? That Trimble. Yeah. That Trimble win it? Who is a point guard. So yeah, he's a point guard. That That's was true. why I, that was why I said it. It was more of a, it was not a rip on wise broad. That was, that's oh, what yeah, I, yeah. I love wise broad. Like I watch him at Holy cross. I'm like, Holy shit. This kid's, this kid's fucking good. Um, he's really good. He's not Seth Trimble. And sure. I was ripping on the award itself. Those awards every year. Yeah. I was, from I that outlet that are like, guess, it's a joke. Like how guess, do you name, how do you, how's wise broad the point guard of the year when the point, when Mr. Basketball was a point guard. No, I guess that's a uh, good point. The um, well, what, is there a best floor general award? And you can make one. They don't have one, but although they have so yeah, many, brand I think they got. But... I think they got. Might have both of them. I guess. Uh, no, Max, my guy. Honestly, um, I think the world of him, and uh, not so shocked that he was. I think he, he might have won newcomer of the year last year in his league. Yeah, uh, I think he was freshman of the year. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, he's so good. He is um, so good. He's so good. And his game translates to every single level. Um, 
So I won't, you can't catch me saying a bad thing about him, but at so, the same time, I, I don't think he wants any part of a Seth Trimble matchup either. No, why, why would you? Um, <laughs> what, how, so the what's best your part is I think he knows it too. Yeah. What's your background with Max? Um, Really close with his dad. Um, Played high school basketball against his dad. Okay. And, and just like taught, you know, eight games against his dad through four years of high school. And then um, my high school coach was, like really looked up to his his dad who was the head coach at DeForest for a long time and then um, when I got hired at Oregon his dad was just always a good you know mentor role model person soundboard guy and then um, just lucky enough to coach him for three years of AAU you know and uh, one of those kids that you one of those you know obviously you've seen countless kids go but max is one of the kids that really stands out of that you really watched grow like when he was a 15 year old Mm. wasn't he was i want to say like i even want to call him slow and like really hard on his teammates to a point where like his teammates didn't really like him at times like a like like kind of a dick to the point of a leader and then um he kind of learned how to play and learned how to win. And then his sophomore year put on a huge playoff run. Um, and then the COVID year that, that was COVID. I mean, he led a team on to sectionals, um, you know, as a sophomore and then, and then COVID hit. So he doesn't get to play that year. He might've taken that team to state too. Yeah. And that changed that team changed a lot about him as a leader and as a player and just how confident he was as a, as a competitor. I mean, you know, he, he went from, you know, he would have moments where his teammates thought he was a dick to now his teammates love playing with him. And, it, and, it, and the, every single opponent thinks he's a dick, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, no, I get it. Yep. You know, like one of my favorite Max Widesworth stories is a 16 year year of AAU um, big tournament in Fort Wayne. It's the, uh, it's that run and slam uh, at that, that used to be at Spies forever. Okay. So they, they it's pool play to bracket play. And and they have it set up with like super pools and pools down below or whatever. And Max wins his team. Good team. He's on a really good team. He's got a bunch of players. I don't want this all to be about Max because yeah. like there's a lot of good good players that were around. But they win their pool. Um and then you know they're playing the first round of the bracket play and in bracket play they had to play against a team that was from the super pool um and that team was team focused from indiana that actually had connor asijan on it okay and uh asijan's aau coach um was a guy named casey adams i don't know if you if if anyone's listening to this one you know you've seen all sorts of aau coaches but he is he is he gets on people and i'll never forget that game um he got on those guys so hard to the point where like I didn't know what level of players I'm watching. You know, it was it was insane. But at the same time, very good coach. Um, and anyway, we get like a five, 10 point lead in the second half, and Max, like right in front of our bench, just goes up right up to Connor Siege and goes, You guys are in the super pool, huh? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was and it was just and that was one of those moments where Max went from I'm a, I'm a, I'm a harsh leader to like, I am just a, a tough competitor that just kind of refuses to lose at any time. Like yeah. 
and there were, and then just over the next couple of years his maturity just really changed and just both you know the way he competes and the way he just like dominates a game uh he just constantly makes the right play makes the right decision he can make shots and guard one through five it's yeah. hard to I mean, I didn't know about him until because he took that DeForest team to the semis in state when we played him in the because they got bumped up to D one. Yep. Um, for that year, that obviously all the like the what was the Madison teams were out of it, whatever. So we played them in the semis, and I, that was like the first time I kind of like watched him actually like play. Um, it's good. He's a good player. I'm excited to see where you know you you see how great he was his freshman year of college. You just wonder like what's next, you know? Like these guys. Everyone forgets, I think, maybe not everyone, but like people forget that like they're these kids are like 18, 19, and then like your prime of basketball is like your late 20s. Like he's so far away from his prime already, you know, even. And it's like yeah. it's just these kids keep making leaps. And like I think people just forget like that's what's supposed to happen, you know. You just never know what's gonna happen after after high school, you know. Totally. He's got more leaps to go, I think. He um he loves he I can't begin to explain how much he loves basketball. So he'll He'll keep working at it. Yeah. So what um what's your AAU coaching background? I know a little bit of it, but uh all over, honestly. Um played with a really good swing team. Um, you know, th- really thankful for that experience. That experience kind of shaped me wanting to do it. Um, around really good players and around players that genuinely liked each other and were around for and together for multiple years. Um Josh Gosser, Kyle Kelm, Ben Abercamp. Um, were some of our chip rank Marquise Mason, but like, then like really close buddies, lifelong friends with Garrett Schwartz married my cousin, um, you know, Derek brought, we had all sorts of, all sorts of guys really close. Eric Bryson, um, lifelong friend that won a D three national championship, you know, just tons of good people. Um, then coached with the swing, my, even my senior year of high school coached a 12 U team, um, Trying to think if there are any name uh Seth Gunnelson, I believe was his name. Uh was a kid from Germantown and a kid named Tyler Barrett actually played at UW Milwaukee and Bemidji State. Okay. Um played uh that was in sixth grade, the sixth grade team. And then through college kind of helped Kellett um with like those playground teams and, and a couple blizzard teams. And then after college, um back with the swing for five or so years and then a couple of years with the playground youth teams. Okay. So when did you coach the, uh, the three North kids? Uh, last two, um, last two, two years of their, their seventh and eighth grade year. And they, uh, yeah, those guys know how to play. Yeah. I'm excited for them this year. Those guys know how to play. They're going to be a, uh, a fun team to watch. I was going to ask you, am I allowed to, uh, I mean, what's the F- is the FBA? Can we can we ask questions here? You I mean, ask I you, guess, you can but... ask. This is the most transparent podcast ever. You can ask. Really? I was going to say this before, like when you talk about Wise Broad, and I always I always try to be as transparent as possible. Like if I have connections to people and I like people, and I'll admit that's why I like people. That's why I, yeah you know, why I hate people. So I don't like. It's, that's why high school media is tough because I couldn't rank Max honestly because yeah. you don't know why. I really I like can. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like anything I do that's like negatively, you know, negative, like I get a lot of the Nina stuff is just out of proportion, but like, I will always back it up with facts. And if I don't, then I'll be like, well, it's because I know the family or like something like that. You know what I mean? So what's the uh, inspiration behind spread and bread? Is it gambling related? Yeah. So me and my, me and my buddy, John Conlon started a podcast in like 2018. 
um, called Spread and Bread, and we would just go over NFL lines and pick oh, the game love it. and just talk football. Love so it. he would actually come over to my house, and we would sit in my studio slash office right here, and we would record, um, have, and we would we one of us would bring a bottle of wine, and we would have like a wine of the podcast, whatever we would talk about the wine, and then we would do go over games and things like that, and then. COVID, so we did have like two years, COVID hit. At some point, it just started getting like just further and further away. Yep. So the reason like my Twitter handle is at spread and bread because it started there. And the unintentional is one character too long. So I can't, ah. I can't even have it. And someone has unintentional. I gotcha. So that's why. That's where spread and bread came from. Yeah. So if spread and bread, where would your future be in the FBA this year? Where would my future be? What do you mean? Yeah, if you had a future bet on the FBA. Oh, or my future bet. I would probably put it on Kakana. Kakana? I it, ter- it terrifies me to say that. But the next choice would be probably Oshkosh North, and that terrifies me even more. Ableton North is going to scare people this year. Don't don't say that, Kel. It's going to get mad at you. He does not like that. I told yeah. him I was pick him number one, and he got so pissed at me. Kellett, uh, on the same podcast last year, said you could argue we had the least amount of talent in the FBA and yeah. and we sped things up and played faster than we ever had based on the amount of talent we had yeah. last year. He's, so I, I don't worry about Kellett's, Kellett's thoughts on his North squad. Oh yeah. No, he always downplays them. I'm uh no, I'm they're gonna have a little bit more size than they first thought. Um but they still lack a ton of size. Um but they're talented as hell and they can shoot. And they're gonna go through their struggles like they did last year, but it'll be less struggles because they're a year more experienced. I mean, that's the fun thing about the FBA is you can win. You don't have to, you don't have to go 16 and two to win the league. Well, I mean, sometimes you do like two years. Ago, you one, two, but yeah, sometimes you do, but not anymore. Not this. I mean, it's, I've always said that it was such a drop off from the class of 22. That, that class was so loaded basketball wise. It's, it's incredible. Um, I just think Kakana, you got a future unit, you're going to put North. I don't have odds, I guess, but. Yeah, well, I'd like to see, you know, I'd I'd like to see odds for, you know, of course, just T-shirts or something. But do you um, do you get to watch much FEA? I mean, I, obviously, because you're, you're yeah, I mean, your own conference, but I love watching high school basketball. I, mean, yeah. I love I watch I watch more high school and D three basketball than than most people should. So I I watch as much high school as I as I can. So I and I love watching FEA games. Um, so there's certain teams you like what you end up watching a lot of. Yeah. It's tough. People always ask me like, what games are you going to go to? And I'm like, it's honestly easy for me to go downstairs in my basement and have like a game on a TV, a game on another TV and like two games on my computer. And I can actually like kind of yeah. watch them all instead of just going to one game and missing everything. YouTube's definitely changed the game. I mean, I yeah. definitely watch more of our, our league and our sectional, but um, you know, I've loved, I've, <laughs> you're going to be mad at me, but I've lo- I've watched a lot of Nina in the last few years. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, when they're good, they're good. Well, yeah, I mean, I've obviously I have a love hate with Nina. Not much of a love, I guess. But my, you know, my son Jameson was part of that Kimberly team that lost to them on the buzzer. You know, so it's yeah. So that game, when uh, that's one of the craziest games. I wish I was at that game when Pav got was it in overtime when he like got fouled, but it was kind of on the ground, but he kind of played through it, but he, no, so that was the, afterwards. that was the second time we played him. So that wasn't, that wasn't, that was at our play a second time later in the season. I don't think it was an overtime. He just, yeah, he had a wide open break and uh, 
JJ Piter grabbed him and the ref didn't call anything. That was such a good basketball game, though. Yeah. Oh, it was overtime. It was overtime. That's right. It was overtime. Yep. You're right. That was such a good basketball game. It was. So uh that also, Coach Murphy, that was a good uh good full second, full court play with five seconds left. Yeah, I mean he should have been shooting. Best guy on the run. He probably should have made the layup, but he should have been shooting free throws for sure. Yeah. 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 I think so too. Um, all right. Who's the um let's see, just let you know. We got all right, we got 10 minutes left, just so you know. Oh geez. Well, and then we'll go to the next. Then we'll go to part two. Okay. So we have plenty. Just 10 minutes left for this first 40 minutes for, for per uh, flies. It, it does, I know. Who's the uh who's the toughest player you've ever had to you've ever coached against in high school? Let's take AAU out of it because there's probably yeah, that we don't even know, but like in high school, state of Wisconsin, yeah. over the last five years. I mean, we talked about Max for a while. Um, played him in a sectional game that was, uh, you know, he was really tough to prepare for, obviously, because just of how good of decisions he made in the sense of like anything he really tried to do, he he made the right play. Um, the hardest guys for us to prepare for, we always say, are the guys that like actually make the right pass, like you talk about with with con two it's like he's so efficient but if you do too much to him he makes the right pass um in the first few i mean jack rose was a really good scorer and could like really make tough shots um we had one of the best defenders uh, probably the best individual defender i've ever coached that year and he didn't need a ton of help guarding a lot of people uh but jack rose he every time he'd play perfect defense he would make that shot anyway but as far as like making the right pass and making the right play and like really hard to guard, like got their teams good looks every time. The first two guys that really come to mind are Wisebrode and uh, Jack Campion. Oh, I love um, Jack. Well, Jack played on my un- unintentional team two years ago. In oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, competitor, just competitor. First of all, like, like you felt his swagger and his tone the minute you walked in the gym, the minute he walked in the gym. Yep. Um, and in high school basketball, he had, he just had such a big impact on every single game he played in, um, whether he was scoring or whether he was not. We actually changed the kind of the way we played him uh, throughout my years. Um, you know, first few years, we tried to gap him really hard and stop him, you know, and like do everything we could to stop him. But but he still like kind of had his his way. Yeah. Um, and, last, and then the last few, we said, we're just going to face guard your best shooters and just make you pass to any pass you throw is going to be to anybody to people that we want you to pass to. Yeah. And we just refused to get into any running, running match with them. Um, and it was, it was a hard matchup for us too. Cause we were a team that played as fast. We were looking to play as fast as anybody. Um, we're looking to run on any opportunity, but when we were playing Jack, we were much more selective than we were against anybody else. So he, he made us change the way we play more than anybody the way we've ever played. Yeah, I love I love his guy. I even it's something about like those like kind of like smaller type guy, guards that like people just think, well, they're too small, whatever. And he is as quick and fast as I've ever seen in a basketball court. It's it's unbelievable. Totally. I mean, yeah, end line to end line as fast as anybody, but also like he's just I know you want to call him small, but he's so tough. Like he oh, right. I'm just yeah, saying you know, he is. Like, I mean, he's a he's a shorter yeah. kid, right? I mean, he's not like he's, he's short. Small. He's short, but like, you know, message to any small guards and anybody. Yeah. Anybody listening to this podcast, if you don't want to be a small guard, don't get bullied going to the basket. And like, I've never seen Jack Campion give up an easy basket in the lane. Oh, yeah. 
you know, like, and, and to me, you're, you're not a small guard. If people don't score on you in the pat in the lane. Um, and that was what Jack, he was just so competitive defensively. Um, what's the farthest, I'm just trying to go get more history on your like coaching at Oregon. Have you, yeah. what's, what's the farthest you guys have ever gotten in the playoffs? Sectional final. Um, uh, we went to the sectional final two years ago, uh, division two and lost the, uh, that really good Westosha team. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure the years, be, I know you had mentioned that, but I wasn't sure. The, the we year. had a good group. Um, Casey Schenecker is at Lawrence now. He's a freshman okay. at Lawrence. Um, Ryan Panzer and Deacon Bush and Jackson Brockman are really, really good high school players. Uh, all like they were seniors that year. I mean, typical, really good high school class that were really close kids that were everything a high school coach could want their kids to be about. Yeah. And then uh, Evan Miles was a junior and he just won our conference player of the year last year. So it was like a really good group of good, okay. really good group. Um, they won like 23 games, but then just that West Ocean was huge for us. Um and just played a little bit of a different style that we weren't used to and kind of went on a little run that put it, put the game away for, from us. Okay. Um, let's stick with playoffs. So you mentioned right away about sectional stuff. Let's just get into the sectional stuff. Yeah. Do you know why they announced it in June? Do you have any idea why they announced this shit in June? Yeah. I mean, a full year in advance. I'm with you. That's one of the pains to me. Um, I don't want to make this in like too much of a complaint podcast, but I I think that one of my biggest gripes is like, there's all this hate. And I know I'm probably not the one to speak on this since like a lot of people that were complaining, were complaining about our seed, but I would just say that our sectional last year had 13 teams that were awesome. And it didn't matter what we were seeded. We were going to play a really good team, no matter what right. the 13 team we played Brookfield East beat Sussex Hamilton round two who was ranked, whatever in the state. Sussex, I think, was ranked fourth in the state when our bracket came out and they got the five seed. Yeah. Um, but I think that honestly, like the computer seating aside, I think that the sectional misbalance is a bigger issue. And that's uh, what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, totally. like yeah. So, well, first of all, I guess there's it's a bunch of there's parts to it. Why do they well, I don't know why they announced it so early, I guess, but yeah, but the balance is I guess the main issue. Um Aside from just not doing it that way, do you have a fix? Do you have, I mean, just give me your, I guess you can just give me your thoughts on it. I mean, I've heard all sorts of options. I mean, what I really wish is that they would see the whole state one through yeah, right. one through whatever, but I know, I know that that I'm never going to win that argument. Yeah. Uh, so the arguments that I've heard that I do like are like the splitting the top 16 seeds or whatever at a certain time. So you split the top four certain direction. One goes with 16, two goes okay. with 15 and like you work it all out um, that way. I think I love the even I mean countless coaches think two pot like two big major sectionals with two teams from or whatever teams from each one go to state. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of options to like just make it more even. And and if the sectionals are balanced out more even to me, and maybe I'm saying the wrong thing, it it doesn't matter what you're seated. Um, your resume is gonna speak for itself. You're gonna be seated relatively close everybody just doesn't want to play a game that they think is unfair and like Pewaukee Wisco or for example, or, you know, our D one sectional last year, we thought, you know, there was 13 teams that could argue they were top 20 division one teams in the state at some, at certain points. Um, and I think this year there's one sectional again, that, that looks that way. Um, you know, and it, I, 
One thing I will say, one thing I will say, I, I get what you're saying about that. Why do they put them out so early? But if they do, it also isn't that difficult to predict um, if they did put it out early. Like, sure, correct. Um, yes. And and there are people that have recommend, like offered like, oh, I would love to help or I would love to help. I, I don't know what the perfect like answer to that is, like who is unbiased. But just to me, it shouldn't be as difficult as it, as it is to predict who's going to be good. Yeah. Well, I, I see. I'm just I'm looking at it now. I mean, a bunch of teams flopped from like one to two, but Arrowhead's now with in with DePierre. Yeah. And 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 to be honest, how many teams do you really need to separate? Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't need to separate twenty. You need to separate five and make sure that make sure make sure you don't have. It doesn't have to be crystal clear, perfect. You know, March Madness is the greatest sporting event in the world. Right. And part of what makes March Madness great is people debating about the seeds. And we have bubble talk in March Madness for two months. So this bracket is never going to be perfect. But there are things we could do to increase competitive balance. And I think that sectional equity is probably number one on that list. Well, if you look at if you look at last year, you know, you brought up the whole like if you just did like two two sides or two pods, whatever. If you if you combine one and two and three and four, it would have been almost perfect. Yeah. If you just would have had it made big seeds over here, big seeds, you know, one through whatever it is on both sides, that would have balanced it completely because two was loaded and three was loaded, and then one and four were just like not good, not really good at all. Like they were just. And, and honestly, it, it, I'd love someone smarter than me figuring out if we were to see last year, one through whatever, 40 of those two brackets, yeah. how much does it change to travel to sure. me? Oh I yeah. Mean, if it's, I really don't think it'd be changing it that much. Yeah. All right. We got to end here. We're under a minute. So I don't want to get cut off. So, all right, we're going to come back with, uh, with part two and over the back over and over and back. How about Yeah.